0: It has never been easier to start a new business that reaches millions of customers. And now people are creating amazing startups outside of Silicon Valley. But starting a company doesn't equal success. In this podcast, we dive into how founders across the Southeastern United States are succeeding, why they fail, and everything in between. Welcome to Startup Pivot Scale.
1: celebrated over and over again. I put in 80 hours this week. Well, I put in 12 hours a day, seven days a week. It's almost like it's work for work's sake, but at what point does work have diminishing returns? In his first work, *Cours de Caname, in 1896, Vilfredo Perito came up with a revolutionary idea regarding power and wealth distribution in society. 80% 80% of wealth was owned by 20% of the population. This idea became known as Pareto's principle, coned by Joseph M. Juran in 1941. Since then, this trend has been found in everything from sports to computer science, and you guessed it, productivity. In 2002, it was reported that Microsoft had found that if they fixed the top 20% of reported bugs that were found, They fixed 80% of the related errors and crashes in the given system. Talk about optimization of time and effort. In this episode, we'll talk about how to sleep faster in order to be more productive.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Startup Pivot Scale. In this podcast, you'll be able to hear all sorts of stories and advice by entrepreneurs who have not quite yet made it, but are well on their way. I'm Marna Chekraborty, Chief Technology Officer and Co-Founder of Flow MedTech.
1: I'm Edwin Williams, Founder of Zenhammer.
0: And I'm David Nelson, Co-Founder of BrewFund. And we are entrepreneurs in the Northeast Tennessee region who have started companies in industries from medical devices to software with almost 30 years of combined experience.
2: Why aren't entrepreneurs getting enough sleep? Because I work, work, work.
1: work. I even work on my birthday. <laughs>
2: What is sleep? Uh, what, what is this thing you speak of, Arnett? I guess I should define enough sleep too. Is four hours enough? Five hours enough? I don't know. I try to get at least like, I would say I probably get like four to six hours of sleep maybe every night. But yeah, I, I mean, I'd love to hear thoughts. I just feel like there's just so much going on. I think those entrepreneurs that are really focused on what they're doing and really disciplined, they're trying to do it all. You know, um, you're trying to manage all these different parts of the company. You're trying to balance your lack of social life, I guess. You still got to feed yourself and all this sort of stuff. I mean, there's just so much going on. And I feel like sometimes as an entrepreneur, if you're, you're not constantly checking up on everything, making sure things are going according to schedule and stuff, things can slip. And I don't know, it just takes a lot of time to do all that, focus on all these things.
0: you guys remember when Soylent came out?
2: Oh, I remember Soylent.
0: Yeah, it's like a soy-based protein, like all the vitamins and everything you need (laughs) in a shake. And it was like a meal supplement. And I laughed because it was such an entrepreneurship thing to come up with. I mean, it was really these startups that were like, ah, I just need to skip eating. If I could just make eating simpler. I could get more work done. And, this uh, so yeah, this big I, so I need to. I need to start drinking it. I'm, gonna, I'm like, you're. It's like you're. I don't know you're at nursing home and you need to eat with a feeding tube now. But we're gonna make that as a part of the entrepreneur's
2: life. <laughs> I, I was speaking thing. with someone and he was, you know, he was telling me like he wishes he could just take one pill and that would like. That would uh, sustain him, you know, instead of having this whole meal, if he could just have one pill and that would, you know, take care of lunch or dinner or whatever and give him all the nutrients and stuff he needs. I
1: do think that entrepreneurs have a problem with saying the word no, because we think we have to do everything and don't realize what is actually our best return for our time. And because it's like, we have to get everything done. You pull yourself in a lot of different directions when saying no to something is probably the better productivity choice, but we just don't know how to say that yet.
0: Well, and, I'd uh, push back just a little though. I think you have to say, you have to do everything early on.
1: Early on, like yes. You have to
0: say yes to stuff because I mean, that's when you're first starting out, you don't have usually the funds to make it, you know, to have hire all these people to do all these things. I mean, even very early on, I, I do think you, I think that's one pet peeve I've had is everybody was like, oh, you got to do less and, you know, do the Marie Kondo and get rid of all these Things in your life and all this other crap, and I'm like, that just is not realistic for the reality. Like once you have a company and you know whether you have investment or good revenue, and you're you're kind of hitting your stride, I I, I can visualize that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure things just get crazier as it gets harder. But I also look at it and say, if I'm not doing answering customer support, if I'm not doing this stuff well, when I'm on vacation yet? or late at night, when is it going to get done? It just pushes things out so far startups have to operate at breakneck speed. If you're not, you're falling behind. You're not going to be successful in my opinion, but sorry, sorry to cut you off there. What
1: was your second point? <laughs> oh, no. What I was saying is that early on you're wearing all the hats, but I don't think that's sustainable. And you have to understand that as you get the ability to, you have to start saying no to things and delegating to other people. Otherwise there's an entrepreneur I know at another startup, her company went sideways because she had a mental breakdown. That's like, if you drive yourself at breakneck speeds, you will break at some point and then what happens to your company. And so I do think you have to understand when to go all out, when not to go all out. And I think entrepreneurs in general do have a, a problem understanding when to start either easing off the gas or putting it on for how long and those type of things. Well,
2: I, I yeah, agree with that. A, a couple of things there. I mean, I, I think that is super important. Like. I've started, you know, in the mornings, I try to take, you know, five to 10 minutes where I'm not, I'm making an effort just to kind of clear my mind and bring like some peace in my head, you know, and it's just like prepping for the day or whatever it is, like just getting ready. I don't know if it's like exactly meditating, but it's kind of just like, you know, not doing anything, I guess, and and being okay with it. I think that's a big deal because sometimes when I'm even if I get distracted or something and I end up not doing work, I'm always like, I need to get back on track. I need to get back on track. There's that thing in my head, but I'm trying to spend a little bit of time every morning saying it's okay to take some time for myself in the morning and just get ready. You know, I think another thing, you know, with the delegating and stuff, I think that also kind of later on ends up can become a problem because you have, or being able to manage that is important. I guess is what I mean to say. Because, you know, you have a lot of working on and it ends up becoming, instead of you doing all this work, as you delegate it, you've got to end up checking it and you got to make sure things are staying on track. The projects aren't going sideways. There's going to be people waiting for you, for your feedback, your approval, whatever it might be. And then it ends up being, instead of so spending all your time actually working, you spend a lot of the time actually checking the work and making sure things are going like they need to go. And it's still you know a lot of time being spent whether you're doing the work or delegating or whatever
0: yeah i think that's a hard lesson we probably all learned that adding more people does not reduce work for you necessarily right it's <laughs> the type of work you start doing yeah uh, but but i do think you know, you're right edwin that you do need to you can't just go breakneck speed all the time and that it, you really have to define what breakneck speed is because if you're just working nonstop, 24, seven, you're going to hit burnout. And the real cost of burnout is not just the time that you spent burnout. It's the time you spent, you know, coaching burnout, which kills your productivity, the time you're burned out. And then the time it takes to ramp back up to being successful. And so it's not like, Oh, I was burned out for two weeks. It's two or three weeks before and two or three weeks after. But I do still think that burnout is just part of entrepreneurship life. And I think you got to recognize that early, and adjust to that. And a thing I've learned is that there's some things I can't compromise on. Before it was always sleep, which is why I love this topic. When I was <laughs> doing the project with Captain Morgan, I started making little like check marks on my desk every time I did an all nighter. And I always hit I always hit a wall at like 4 a.m. When I hit 4 a.m., I gotta get up, walk around, do something, eat something, and then I can go right back and just dive in. I'm good all. And when I say all nighter, I mean I did not sleep at all the entire night. The next morning, mm-hmm. I just you know, two days, three days in a row. But I lost track at 34 all-nighters. And I just said, This is this little check mark is not this badge of honor. This is my shame. It's like my shame ticks of like this. And I was like, I'm not tracking this anymore. <laughs> that was a year long of on and off all nighters. I mean, I slipped into depression. Everything around me was terrible. Like every, whenever think of being at your tiredest and think about how miserable you are and doing that for a year. And it was like, I just can't do that. Like I don't mind staying up all night. But I got a deadline, and we have cool stuff happening. I'm not against that, but I now know if I do that, go that path, I've got to take advantage of the other breaks that come in and not feel guilty Mm -hmm. about it, Mm -hmm. which is an interesting question for you guys. Like I just started calling it the entrepreneur's guilt, and it's really that idea Mm -hmm. that if you're not working or doing something for your company or achieving that next milestone, that you feel guilty. You feel like you should be doing
1: it.
2: Oh, yeah. I get that all the time, actually. I feel that too much. I relate to that too much, I guess. Like, and I think I've been trying to get better at it. (laughs) Yeah. That like, I felt a little bit attacked there (laughs) (laughs) because like, especially in.
0: Why aren't you feeling guilty? You should feel more guilty.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: This this, this week, this week's been particularly bad because I got the vaccine and I've been sick uh, from the vaccine and it's thrown me off. Like where I'll just get super tired and then I go have to take a nap. And I sleep through my alarm and I've slept three hours in a day. And I wake up, I'm like, oh no, I haven't done three hours of work. And then now I'm scrambling to do all this, this stuff. And I'm like, well, I got to make sure that my body's healthy. But it's, it's, it happens. It's, it's something that always happen. I guess one of the reasons why I used Paradox Principle in the example is I do think that there are ways to optimize our waking hours so that it's like, okay, identify what's your most productive activity and then let's do that first. And then work down the list of most productive to least productive. So if you don't get through your whole day, you've gotten the big items, like the 80% that you need to do in your first 20% of the day type thing. And so that's what I've been trying to structure my life going forward more along the lines of what are my big productivity items knock those out, and then work down the list.
2: Adding to that, I think it's also helpful if people take some time and kind of reflect on how they work best, when they work best. Like there's some people who have, like in the mornings are their best times, you know? And that's like probably when you should do those high productive projects or tasks. There's some people that are just not morning people and they don't really wake up until after lunch or something. And so trying to force them or, Force yourself if you're one of these people to do like productive things in the morning that may not be the best thing and maybe you start slow and you know that okay you're going to be up and awake at 1 p.m 2 p.m whatever middle of the day maybe it's even at night maybe that's when you need to do it but I think maybe taking some time and figuring out how you work best and what time of day is best for you um, may be helpful here too.
0: And, and you actually bring up a really, really good point and something I struggled with for a long time. And I actually just in the last couple of years, did I really change it? Because I was one of those people, I hate mornings. I'm not a morning person. I, I've, I've joked that if you want to become a morning person, just get a dog and they'll wake you up at 6 a.m. Every day, next day <laughs> yeah. you wake you up in the mornings. That definitely was a big change. But even before that, I knew, and, and probably partially my ADHD and everything, but I would, the tired, more tired I was, the more I was able to kind of hyper-focus on things. And so I would kind okay. of do menial tasks during the day and then I'd work until like 3 a.m. every night. And while that worked for me, it got things going. There is a reality of that, that if you're building a company, if you're building just a product around yourself and it's only gonna be you and maybe one other person, yeah, do whatever you want. But the reality is that the world operates nine to five. If you're working with different businesses and they're you know, you're selling to them, they're gonna have support requests in the morning in yeah. the evening or times when they're not busy that's true. everybody so have got to answer them and so you start down this path of oh i'm just going to work in the evening that's why i'm productive but then you find yourself getting called or having all these things during the day next you know you're just not sleeping and it, it just it, it, the reality of it it just doesn't work and so, you imagine you hire people. Yeah,
2: well, exactly. Or imagine yeah, you hire five
0: people, and they can't get a hold of you until like midnight <laughs> to 3 a.m. Yeah, no,
2: that's, that's, that's that. also very important <laughs> to consider when you're trying to build this. It's not just you working, you got to understand all the people around you and this stuff. And so, like, yeah, maybe you want to do all your meetings or something nine to five, but if you have like certain projects, that only you are working on, maybe you save those for the evening, but you can't expect people that take calls and meet with you whenever it is convenient to you. you know? yeah. So yeah, that's a really good point.
0: And you know, the, the way I've handled that though, that doesn't mean all my work gets done nine to five. I don't even remember the last time that actually happened. I don't even remember what I felt like I even got all my work done. You know, My wife was in mm-hmm. uh, a doctor's office and yeah, she this apartment's up there and she comes home and she's like, yeah, I got all my tasks done. And I'm like, what? What does that even mean? That's all your tasks. If I had all my tasks done, I wouldn't
2: have a business, right? Like, yeah, right, that means right? well, That means a company has been sold. Yeah, it's, whatever. I don't, I've exited I don't know what to do. or something. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I like how you didn't bring up failed. <laughs> no.
2: You're, you're immediately- hey, It's like, not oh, going to fail. It's yeah, not going to. No more fail. tasks. Yeah, it's
0: such an entrepreneur mindset. I love it. Yeah. But the thing I've learned too is that you you also can't sacrifice your whole life. Um, there are times when you are busy and that's most of the time, but you'll, you'll have a break and the natural desire is to go out, just do more. You got to take those breaks. You got to see those opportunities, make something of it and go back. And so the way I've been able to handle it nowadays is when I've switched to more of a, you know, I get up now, it blows my mind. Cause it was never me. I get up around eight, eight thirty. Sometimes I'm a little lazy and I come into office at 10. Sometimes I'm in at like eight thirty or nine and it, it worked really well, but then we yeah, work all day. Around 3, 4 o'clock, I start to kind of lose focus a little bit. Then 5.30, I head home, spend time, have dinner, hang out with my wife. She usually falls asleep on the couch at 8.30, 9 o'clock. A lot of times, not every time, a lot of times, I'm back in my home office. and on a few things until midnight one I am. But I try to not go past 1 a.m. So I actually do get sleep. There's one other myth I've noticed. I, I would challenge you guys, anybody else, start using a sleep tracker, it will blow your mind. They, they sell these rings that you can wear that track it too. They have, I have an Apple watch and you can just use your phone too. track it because what happens, and I've seen this over and over again, there's this myth that you don't sleep, but your body will catch up. And it says you stay up, stay up, stay up, eventually crash. And then you lose productivity, you sleep till noon, whatever it is, you can see the graph of like, you not sleeping, not sleeping, not sleeping, and then boom, all of a sudden you got all the sleep. And it's your body trying to play catch up, even though it never really can. Yes. It's trying. Can. And like, if, those, if that happens in the middle of a project and you crash out and then you have to, you just can't wake up, you oversleep alarms or whatever happens. Like not to mention your productivity probably sucked during the very end of that. You also just slept through all this time that could have been productive if you were more even across the board. And so I'm not saying you get eight hours, but. You know six is usually my go-to but i know if i do six 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 eventually there'll be like a weekend or something will happen i'll get eight to ten and it's really interesting to see that happen but every every entrepreneur thinks oh, i can just stay up all night and do whatever i want
1: no you can't
0: <laughs> yeah it just doesn't work i have a pride i've done it <laughs> i've done it and it doesn't work that many 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 times more times i've probably taken years off my life for failed companies when it really came down to it i love doing it
2: but that's probably the reality of it yeah what do you guys think about naps <laughs> Like, I like if you get, I I guess I'm trying to say like, you know, you get sleepy or you get tired during the day, would you rather try to drink coffee and power through it or the energy drink or whatever, if you don't drink caffeine or take, just give in, get like a 20 minute hour nap or however long it really takes you and then wake up and keep going.
1: So personally, I've noticed I get better results from a 20-minute nap than doing coffee because if I drink coffee, I'm awake, but my brain's creativity and quickness just isn't there. So if I do a 20-minute nap, I get that quick boost, and then when I'm awake again, like my brain's on fire, and I can just run through like something that will have taken me an hour. Usually that first 30 minutes after I wake up, I can get that all done. And so it's something that I personally have noticed. So for me, it's the nap because that's like my nap, wake up, that. 30 minutes to 45 minutes after that nap, I can get an amazing amount of work done.
0: I've never really been a napper. napper. I mean, I, I think once I get started, my mind starts racing. Yeah. I also have never really, it's kind of a weird thing my family too. A lot of us, we just don't get groggy. I'm either hundred percent awake or a hundred percent asleep. I don't kind of have the morning like, oh, what's going on? Unless I've, you know, maybe had a few too many craft beers or something, but the majority, like I'm even when I've had surgery, I'm like hundred percent out and I'm like hundred percent awake. No weirdness. That's the very bizarre thing. And so I think once the engine gets going in my brain, it does not stop. And so I've tried napping, but I just can't shut it off. And I, I, have, a hard, I have a hard time so going to go into sleep at night unless I'm really tired. And so it, it sounds great. It really does sound great to be it able is. to sit down for thirty minutes <laughs> yeah. or for an hour and come back. I just unless I'm sick or not feeling well, I just haven't been able to do it
2: even then I usually sleep like three or four hours. It's something that's changed for me, I guess. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't nap very often or anything, but like, I remember when we were first starting up in the first few years, especially like when we used to not have like our own offices and go to co-working spaces and things like that, you know, you're out in a public area, just like, where's there going to be any place to nap? It was also the thing where it's like, I can't sleep during the day. I need to be working during the day, you know? And so I would never do that. And then slowly over time, as we got our own offices and places to work and stuff. And, you know, I had my own office and stuff. And, you um, know, I was just like, yeah, I guess the people I worked with and stuff, they're like, you know, you can maybe sometimes you need to take a nap or something during the day and stuff. And so, you know, I got it into my head and then uh, I tried doing it. And it was like, instead of just trying to power through the day, being able to take like a 20 minute nap or whatever, actually, it's just like you, Edwin, it helped me. Like, I feel a lot different after waking up you know, maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes than I do, like, if I would have just drank coffee and try to power on. it. especially like, if I do that, and it's late in the afternoon or evening, then it makes it harder to sleep at night too, for me, because I, I've been trying to, and I guess this is even, especially recently, like I've been trying to back off on my caffeine and I try not to drink coffee like too much. Cause I used to drink a lot. I used to drink like pretty strong, like espresso and all that sort of stuff all throughout the day. And, um, you know, it's at a point, like if you drink too much, if I drink too much, I'll like start to shake, I guess, you know, <laughs> like I get a uh, really jittery, it's it pretty bad. And so like, I try, when I started noticing that I was like, I need to cut back on my caffeine. And so now I try not to drink coffee on the afternoons and stuff, but like those 20 minute naps, if I ever get too tired, I think it's been, it's w- with working from home and stuff, I guess it makes it a lot easier to like take a nap or something during the day. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed my naps.
0: Yeah, I don't you think know, there's anything wrong
2: think, with them. I think yeah. it's awesome.
0: I, like it, Google had the sleep pods. As crazy as the Silicon Valley world is, they do do some things that make a lot of sense because when you're at a big firm like that, it's not like you just work nine to five. People are working all hours of the day. They come and go. And the nap pods made perfect sense because they know that they put them in there. They're willing to do that because they know from the research it actually helps productivity. Uh, Indi- I think it was Indiegogo. I forget where I was as part of a program, we did a tour in San Francisco to some of the bigger tech firms might've been Twitter. Um, They had standing desks and people had these like little hammock chair things under them. And you'd walk by and there would be like, all these people standing up working and there'd be a few people like zonked out under their desks. I mean, it was amazing. And I I really respect it. So my, my statement was i just have a hard time shutting it off. Maybe it's my caffeine. I I, I don't know, but it's, it's always been a struggle for me, but yeah, I, I, I get through, but I, when I get home, I relax. I, don't try to just jump back into work. You know, I drive my wife crazy because she's like, "Why don't we pick up the stuff or do the dishes?" And I'm like, eh, I just want to sit on the couch for it." You know, and it's, <laughs> I do just kind of stop, and I things will. I'll shut things off that way. That's only my real time. But the one thing that has really helped me comes from the Spicy Man Jose Castillo. He's the host of Crackside Live. is also the owner of Spark Plaza, where we uh, operate out of a lot of times, and this we're founders forge is based he started doing these retreats and he would take a day or a couple of days off, sometimes a whole weekend, get a cabin in the woods and he would write, he would do all kinds of whatever he needed to do to get his mind clear. He just wouldn't necessarily work. And I'd always, always intrigued. I kept saying, "Ah, oh, I should do that. I should do that. And actually right as COVID happened, there was a lot of things happening. I wasn't sure or brew fund and kind of forward and how all of this was going to come together and what I should be doing. And my wife just said, I'm booking you a hotel room they were really cheap because nobody was going to hotels i went down to Asheville, north carolina and i stayed in a hotel room for a weekend like basically two nights went down friday saturday and sunday and i wasn't sure what i was going to do i knew i wasn't going to work on a project i wasn't going to answer three phone calls i was going to kind of not disconnect who does that that's crazy but i found myself taking i just took a notebook down my laptop too don't get me wrong And I looked stuff up and I actually went through every single project, everything I was thinking about doing. And I wrote, why am I doing this? Do I want to do this and all these other things. And when I came back, I I just had a lot of clarity. And I think that's something I'm going to do every year just because it's a time that it just stop. And that was such a weird, uncomfortable feeling, but it was also a very powerful feeling.
1: It's interesting that you mentioned that because I know that I've heard of like, for instance, Bill Gates does two weeks, uh, in the woods with nothing but books, apparently. Like, yeah, it just, reads. That, yeah right. just reads. Yeah, uh, just reads. Same thing with Richard Branson does something similar. And so a lot of these guys, or women too, who do that. have. I have a question albums. on that though. Yeah.
0: I do too. They're, yeah, they're now multi multi-billionaires in yes. the world world do whatever <laughs> yes. the hell they want but yeah did he do that when he was first launched that's exactly microsoft? what i was probably, gonna ask <laughs> i love those stories yeah it's like oh it's so Me important to just take two weeks to read yeah, but if you yeah. had taken two weeks to read every year during the launch of microsoft when they were kind of competing with apple and everything else would have they succeeded that that is the question i want to ask bill gates someday so <laughs> clearly when he <laughs> listens to this podcast because we're gonna, gonna blow up that yeah. big i want to know bill do you did you do this and was this a productivity thing or is it just something you wish you did do and do you think it was possible? That's my mm-hmm. big question for him. Yeah. I'm just going to some time I'm and just at.
1: spew all that out. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to be like, who is this crazy? Yeah. <laughs> I guess what I'm getting at is that you do need a down rest period because yeah, even yeah, your brain, it's like working out. Like The rest is just as po- important as the exercise where during the rest is when your body repairs itself and gets stronger. And I do think you're in your mental state, you need a downtime for your brain to process everything you're doing. That way you can do it a lot better. And it's like interesting watching the productivity research coming out of Europe now where you're seeing a lot of companies start to switch to four day work weeks for their employees and see productivity bumps uh, where productivity has gone up even though they're technically working less days a week but they're working more more hours in that day. Uh, So it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, how do we take that data? Is that applicable for entrepreneurs? Is it just applicable for employees? Uh, what can we learn? Yeah, And that type of stuff. So.
2: I'm wondering if, you know, COVID and everything that's happened in this past year is going to change some of that too. Like may, maybe instead of like, or as another option, you, you still work five days, but maybe one day is going to be a work from home day or something like that, you know, or work remotely days and things. That'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see if that also uh, how how that works moving forward.
0: Yeah, I think what I've seen entrepreneurs go in as uh, turn into employees. One of the trends I've seen that comes from that mm-hmm. is they actually tend to be extremely productive people to the point where they almost make everyone else look bad. They come in, they give them like these 10 tasks, and then they're like done that day with all of them. And they're like, now what? And it's almost, they're too productive, because now they're just like batting it not kind of, give, give this to me, give this to me. They're ready to do more mm-hmm. and you know, do big things. And it's almost like the companies themselves have to like settle them down to fit in. Uh, There was actually a good study on (laughs) innovation and you had uh, different parts of the pipeline where people had, they basically said, who has an idea how to make this factory better? And they had all these good ideas and this one person, their idea kind of won out and they figured out how to make this one part uh, like three times faster, right? And so... It was this big win. Everybody's excited. They put all the stuff into place. The guy goes out to dinner with the CEO. Got some extra time off for you know his him and his team's invention. And they very quickly, within a month, learned how terrible that was. Sure, they could improve this one part of it, but now they had this one. They had three times as many of these parts, but the rest of the system wasn't actually built to uh,
2: handle to,
0: that. To continue with that, handle it. So now you just had all these parts, and then that whole group was just sitting around all the time. Now what do yeah. they do? And to me, it's like you put an entrepreneur in a corporate environment, that's what happens so that they could actually mess up the flow of it and the productivity of it. And so all this research I see is almost always like, how do we how do we get our people to care more? How do we get them, how do we squeeze out a couple more hours of productivity or how do we make our people more efficient, less distracted? And I, I'm, I question that because almost never do you see, this is how entrepreneurs, this is how you actually make entrepreneurs more effective. I think sometimes it's, opposite it's they're too effective sometimes they're running their, their lives into the ground and they need to stop slow down a little bit think a little more and then they'd be actually more productive what do you guys think
2: that's a good point and that's interesting to hear about it makes me wonder like when you know when when this team with the entrepreneur gets a lot of stuff done and the rest of the company or project or whatever isn't ready for it and this team with the entrepreneur is just sitting around is it the manager, director, whoever's leading that project, is it that person's responsibility to lay out what's next in the plan? Like, is it really the team's fault or is it the person who's leading this, who who doesn't have the next steps planned out, the visions planned out, where if this team can get done really quick, they can either start on another project or help the people in the other parts of the project catch up, you know what I mean? And maybe that entrepreneur probably needs to be promoted to that position to help help yeah. things keep going for sure or maybe this kind of other other option is that if a
0: group does really well in an environment instead of thinking oh they need we need to give more maybe they do really well they take a break right yeah and that's not yeah. a bad thing. they deserve a, a break else. yeah yeah that's not what we tend to think when we think nine to five or productivity but if you start thinking and that's where i think covid's actually going to make a difference i don't believe any of this work from home crap's going to do anything and the evidence for that is that We've done this, we've been here before. And then In the early two thousands, the whole work from home craze went wild. Yahoo went out and said, okay, everybody can work from home. And then what was it, Mersa Mayer when she came in? Yeah. Meyer. Yeah. When she came in, they she cut the um work from home ability and they saw like productivity go up like sixty or eighty percent. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Whatever, it might even higher than that. And, and I think the the working from home is not really the answer. Basecamp and some of these completely virtual companies, they spend lots of effort making sure they get the right people that are able to work from home because it's just not productive for some people. And if you bring one in, it messes everything up and you have to start managing them and micromanaging them. And it's just a problem. Like you can't have the wrong personality that doesn't excel in that environment. But I do think performance-based work is going to be the result of it. Instead of it work from home, instead of being nine to five, it's going to be, here's your work, go get it done and we'll evaluate it. And hopefully we learn the lesson of, oh, this person's really productive from 3 to 11 PM. Okay. That's fine. But that doesn't mean, oh, we just got to, because they're finishing their work and that morning's off, we're just going to cram more work on them. That tends to be what corporate America does. They try to suck the life out of you. Entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. we do that to ourselves. I think there's (laughs) lessons learned on both sides.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's also like, you know, understanding the people that you're working with or work for you or whatever, some people they excel just staying in one spot and focusing on their work. Some people can't work from home, some people can work from home. Some people need to move every hour to another spot and you know stay productive and so maybe trying to set up set up some sort of system where you give people you're working with that opportunity, that freedom to kind of settle in and if it's if you have an office space maybe have like a little co-working section or something where they can move around and and when they get tired of one place they can go somewhere else and work on something else you know or they have their own desk and they can stay there all day or if if the work they're doing doesn't require them to be in the office let them work from home if that's more productive you know like just kind of being open there
1: so how then do we improve our productivity to sleep better sleep faster (laughs)
2: <laughs> i think i think the answer hits. of it yeah, i think
0: the answer of it really is that we've got to sit there and decide what we're going to do next like we, you've got to decide what your life is going to be i think the lesson i'm learning from what i've said what you especially what you guys have said is that it is not sustainable to think you're just going to work through all of this until you hit success
2: you think you're that gonna, you shoot, don't need hide. sleep
0: yeah <laughs> but everyone does right but if there's that one person out there that doesn't i, I think we got to not look at the exceptions to the rule and i would argue that So many of the stories about entrepreneurs are just so fluff pieces They're such BS. Like it, they, they, they only show the happy parts. They only show the good, they don't show the miserable Mm -hmm. times. And so don't trust them, but really look out there and say, what do you want your life to be as an entrepreneur? Because you're going to work. The idea of work-life balance I've said before is complete BS for an entrepreneur. You life, your life is work, but that doesn't mean you can't choose to live some as well. And I think you got to seize those moments and really, focused on enjoying those moments one of my other rules for me nowadays has been if i am if i can if it's not like a scheduled meeting or i can get out of something if the weather is nice and i can go kayaking or the weather is nice i can go mountain biking and somebody hits me up and says hey let's go hit the trails for a couple hours i just say yes and i do it i'll I'll cancel things i'll move things around i'll just do it because it doesn't happen often enough i'm not out every day but when these rare moments come I seize yeah. those moments because to me that, that is probably by my nap. That is my way of going and clearing. Cause when you're going down, mm-hmm. you know, whitewater river or running down a ATV trail on a mountain bike, you are not thinking about, man, maybe I should change my code to this, or maybe I should do this with my company. You're thinking <laughs> I just need to survive this. And it's just <laughs> this nice focus of just the moment. And it just clears my mind. So I'd say seize the day, seize the day that you can.
2: Yeah. And also like, I think, you know, being happy, like you have to find some way to be at peace or happy with what you've accomplished for the day. Be okay with it. You know, you've done this and maybe you made a list or whatever and you were able to accomplish 75% of it. It's okay that you got that far. The next 25% can wait. You know, you can do it tomorrow and, um, you know, justifying that you have accomplished some things during the day and there's things to do the next day, you know, just maybe that will help you sleep better. Um, I'm glad that we're talking about this and, you know, telling people it's okay. And you don't have to not sleep, go and sell the, build a company and sell the company in one day. You know, um, I feel like there's a lot of social pressures out there for entrepreneurs. And I see all the time on Instagram and stuff like this person wakes up at 4 AM or 5 AM and this person works out here and there. And like, this is what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur, businessman, whatever it is. And, I feel like there's so much pressure that's built in being an entrepreneur. People, people think you're successful in your business automatically, you know, cause you're doing your own thing. They're going to assume that, you know, you're, you're doing something big. You're going to probably think you have a lot of money or net worth or whatever it is. And I don't know, there's just, just like, it makes it, I think it kind of makes it hard being an entrepreneur. And then some of the stuff we've talked about before, people are always expecting good news from you every day. Like what's the progress? Like, where are you guys now? you know, um, how, how much more is your company worth now? Or how many more people have you brought on board or whatever? I just, I don't want people to go out thinking like they have to have positive, good answers to all these questions or fit into what they see on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, you know? I
0: don't know how we didn't bring that, that one up on our trend episode, no, no. Trendly.
2: <laughs> That's such a, I hate those trends.
0: Those things drive me up a wall. We're like, oh, it, it goes right back to, Everyone's wearing the power sweater vest thing and every you should do that. It's oh this guy he became a billionaire because he got up at four AM. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe maybe yeah. that will have nothing. Maybe he was just a morning person and was, liked running at four AM. Maybe he mm-hmm. did that because that was the only chance he could. I mean, there's so many things like that that yeah, it worked for him. Doesn't mean it's gonna work for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also go back to like four people, figure out like what is your what is your, I know it's something that I'm doing personally. What is the 20% that gives you your 80% return and then focus on those and then start working through that list? Because even on your bad days, when you're struggling, if you can just get that 20% that gives you that 80% return, that's, in my opinion, a good day. You know, yeah. That's something that I'm personally trying to do and figure out what are my high return efforts mm-hmm. and then just trying to yeah. go through that
0: new thing i've been working on and i you know proofing got kind of crazy before covid and then it got you know, really blown up under covid i kind of returned to the my old mindset of i'm gonna i can just do it like I, i'm just gonna jump in i'm gonna write all the code i'm gonna do all this stuff myself and the guy spencer he's another local startup in the area I, in a very very nice way he basically said he ta- we were talking about my plan and he said that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard he didn't say it in those words but that's basically what he told me <laughs> And uh, I just kind of stopped and you know, I looked at him like, why is that? And his statement was just very you know, plain and simple of it's never going to work. You're already doing too much. You have all these other things. You need to stop focusing on what, how, how you can do something or what you can do. You need to start saying who, not how. And it was kind of like this light bulb moment, right? Of like, yeah, you're right. Why am I doing all this? I can hire subcontractors. I can do all that stuff. Instead of building all this, I could actually design all of it and manage it because that's really what I've been doing for the last, you know, five, six years. And I would argue I'm probably better at that than I am the coding part of this point. But why should I do all that myself? Now I may have to jump in here and there, but when you start thinking who not how that's developing people, that's giving people a shot, giving them responsibility. And that also opens the doors for you to focus on other things. And i I've, I'm still struggling with it because I still have this innate like folk, like ability to say, "Hey, I'm going to do it." And being a technical co-founder, that you know, if we need something built, I can build it. And it's also kind of this like technical co-founder paradox. Like it, I could build it all, but should I build it all? And there's times yes, you should build things. There's times no, you really shouldn't. And the farther you get along in it, I'm learning you've got to build less and less and less so you can build people.
2: It was like a little bit different for me as you know working on a medical device and stuff um, when we first started out. Yeah. We had this concept and we had, you know, some proof of concept devices, things like that, but I never, ever thought that I could do it all or build it all. You know, my, our mentality, I think was always like, we're going to need help here and there all along the way. Like we're going to need people or shops with, you know, the capability to build these devices. And of course they have to maintain certain standards for the FDA and stuff. And so I think one of our challenges or at least mine's like how far do we develop it before we hand it over or like how does that process even look and then as we're growing and we go through some of these phases then it's like no matter who you bring on board or who's going to work with this it's still your project and your idea so you're going to have to play a big part in it whether you work with them in, um building it developing it uh, I mean like um, I guess you know testing it is what I mean. And it's, it's kind of like, okay, I guess in the beginning, it was like, I'm going to hand it off and these people are going to build it. And now, and then it was like, okay, now I probably still need to play a larger role in it. You know, I still got to work with these people and I got to help provide they're working for me or with me and we're leading it. And it's not the other way around. I can't just dump the work. We can't just dump the work on contractors or engineers that we bring on board. You know what I mean? I don't know if I explained that clearly, but it's well, just been true. like a little yeah. balance. Yeah.
0: No, for sure. And I, I think that's where technical co founders struggle because they think, oh, I'll just get more people and I'll just give them things and they'll get it done. Right. And it, mm-hmm. But they're not you. Everybody wants to have another version of you. If we can clone ourselves, we'd have all these clones running around doing our bidding, which Honestly, if you think about really cloning yourself, they would be out doing their own projects. They'd be doing their own. I need ten more of me. They'd have like ten different company ideas. They would all be working on, and no, nobody getting along for
2: sure. <laughs> no, very have, You know, I have met entrepreneurs though that don't have a lot of these problems. They kind of are on the other side of things. Maybe they're not. They weren't as disciplined or whatever. But I've met people that you know they'll sleep as much as they want, and because they they work for themselves. You know, they have their own schedules and will kind of take it. I feel like take it pretty easy. And, you know, I feel, I hate to say it, but I feel like a lot of those entrepreneurs don't end up working out and their companies don't end up being launched and stuff. But I do have, I have met people who have, you know, because they think they're starting their own company and they're going to work for themselves. They, they do whatever they want, sleep as much as they want, you know,
1: I guess it depends too on the the way the company is set up. Because in St. Louis, when I lived there, I did meet a bunch of entrepreneurs who did have more free time than I was expecting. Where they would go to Argentina for a month to go skiing and then come back, and then but the way they had their company set up was that because they had automated and delegated a lot of stuff so well that they could work. Uh, they put in a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. Start setting everything up. Like when I set stuff up, it was they were working three months straight. But after that three months, when they got everything set up, I'm just I'm time scales are a bit off. But by the time they got this their company set up to the point where they needed it to, they had pretty much optimized a lot of stuff to the point where they had free time now. Were they building a billion dollar company? No, they were making a couple million a year. That's the that was a lifestyle business, and so that was what they wanted. That's what they built, and mm-hmm. it gave them a lot. It gave them the money they needed and an incredibly amount of free time, from what I saw. But I think and- there's
0: something behind the scenes of that, right? Like I, I think yes, one when you get up to the point where it is like you have consistent revenue coming in, you can automate things, and like some other entrepreneurs I met do the same thing, and yeah, they have their like high growth or techs lifestyle business. And that's awesome. I have nothing against that. And there's a point where you can coast and mm-hmm. maybe you don't want to build it up. That's fine. I don't, there's nothing that says you, everybody has to be the next unicorn. That's just a ridiculous way to think about it. And I really respect another you know, social pressure.
2: Right?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, just another one. So when you hit this like nice point, it's almost like you see entrepreneurs sometimes plateau and then they're just good. And some just want to stay there and some want to keep it going. And there's no right or wrong with that. But I would argue that those people in Argentina and traveling around, they're probably checking in every day. Things are, tasks are coming up. And even though they're gone for a month, they're still probably working every single day. They've just made it, the work easier. Yes, the only sure. thing I can relate to that is my wife had, uh, before she started her full, first full-time job, she had the month of July off. And so we went out West and saw my brother and friends. And we traveled from Seattle all the way down to Portland and then drove down to San Francisco all the way down Highway 1. I took an entire month off technically. And a, a month, I mean, 30 days off, but I got up at 5 a.m. every day because we're Pacific and worked. And then throughout the day, I would check email and stuff. And which, you know, annoyed my wife a little bit because it's like, oh, we're supposed to have this, you know, this break, but there was no real break. I just, just worked different hours and I spread mm-hmm. it out a little bit. And sometimes I was up late at night, but I loved it because that gave me the freedom to do those things. But I think when you see that people are out doing cool stuff, yes, they have, they've either reached a certain point where they're comfortable or they've just found a way to remote work remotely with their team and keep things going while they, you know, take advantage of that, you know, living with life that we every once in a while get to do.
2: I think sometimes, yeah, when they don't explain it and they show things like that, that also paints that picture of entrepreneurs are out there. Like if you're an entrepreneur, you can go to Argentina and have fun and do this and that and run a successful company or whatever, but they don't, like you said, take time to think about what is really going on here. Like what is that hard work? that allowed them to do this or, you know, maybe they're just showing the good parts and not all the other bad parts, you know, and and it may
0: really be hurting their business because they did that too. Don't forget (laughs) that. Yeah. They're doing that. And everybody's like, where is David? What is he doing? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I, I took the very first time. I actually disengaged. I went to the Grand Canyon two years ago and I kayaked down the Grand Canyon for 17 days. That was the first time I fully disconnected for 17 days because I had no choice. It was weird. I mean, I, I typed up all my passwords and everything for my wife and you know, family so if something weird, weird happened. They had it all. And I took 17 days on my honeymoon. I still checked email. Right. Mm-hmm. But on, but this one I was stuck and it was a great feeling. I came out of that so energized and feeling so good, but I would argue that 17 days away from your business, things did not go like it did not progress. It was a hold. I like, guess like everything stopped <laughs> for 17 days and we had took on new, new work and had to catch up afterwards.
2: We've had experiences where like one of us might've posted on Instagram or something that we're doing something, you know, at an event or whatever. And we have people complain about like, why are we out there doing things when we need to be working? It's really crappy. And it's like, well, are we not allowed to have a social life or anything? And if we are, we we have to hide it from people because as entrepreneurs, we're just supposed to be a hundred percent focusing on our business and nothing else yeah. like it's, yeah, it's, it's so crazy that
1: conference yep. you're supposed yep. to That's ridiculous
2: <laughs> but but it affects you you know it's just like oh, wow yeah. everybody is just watching my move everything i'm doing and being judged for going out or having dinner at a restaurant one night or whatever it is that's crazy
0: yeah i don't know but you seem like you smile too much nowadays I, i'm not sure if yeah, really your, your startup seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i'm just too happy <laughs> yeah, this, this, this cannot be going. That's,
2: really that's no.
0: <laughs> we look forward to you joining us next time on Startup Pivot Scale. We'd also love to hear from you. Please consider leaving a review on your favorite podcasting platform. For episode transcriptions, past episodes, or to learn more about this podcast, connect with us at startuppivotscale.com or at Startup Pivot Scale on social media. This podcast is brought to you by Founders Forge, a 501c3 nonprofit that is dedicated to the underdog entrepreneurs of the Appalachian Highlands and helping them on their startup journeys. We do this by holding high-impact events, building a vibrant startup community, and through one-on-one coaching for startups. Learn more at foundersforge.com.